What's up, y'all? It's BJ back at it for episode 20. I know I've been going a while. I appreciate your patience. Just had to step back for some family things. You know, the baby's here now. She's two months. Life has been well. I always, you know, I, I cherish my life and I'm always thankful for my life. But uh, like always, uh, I have a chance to bring on somebody special. A good, good friend of mine. So, you know, I don't have a lot of friends. Or I don't call a lot of people my friends. To say that, I had the illustrious Destiny Paul. Hello. Hello. You know, Thank I you just for having sh- me. I gave your whole government name That's out okay. there. But uh, yeah, let us know who you are, what you do, where you're from, all those nice things. My name is Destiny Paul. Um... <laughs> oh, you know, I had to think about what I do. <laughs> yeah, I'm from Houston, nice... Texas. Yeah, I, had, I had to think, like, what do you say? But yeah, I'm from Houston, Texas. This is going to be fun. <laughs> I work for Harris County Criminal uh, Department. Um, so it's life is good so far. Can't complain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Okay, so um, today's episode theme is overcoming setbacks. Um, like always, I always talk about purposeful things and what it means to be in your purpose. And I always like to talk about all the things that happens when you're in your purpose. Because most of the time people say purpose and they just want to give you their blueprint of purpose but what I'm understanding is that everybody's blueprint is different but we all experience the same factors or we experience the same things in certain ways and uh you know I'm always prayerful and I believe that setbacks is your theme song not in a bad way Mm -hmm. but you've experienced so much just in the small enough of time that the next person would have crumbled you know six years ago but for you you just take it and strive so yeah I, I you know I want to bring you on so you can share your story with people but uh I didn't look up the definition of overcoming setbacks but want we know it real quick, or? yeah if you want to google it and then you can give me oh you got two phones <laughs> I didn't well you know, know I gotta be business yeah, and personal yeah yeah, so. yeah, yeah. luscious yes. real 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 fancy <laughs> Beam, you know, BMW driving. It was well worth it. Nah, nah, it's good. But uh, overcoming, we can look up overcoming and then look up setbacks and then uh, you know, you can kind of tell me what you think it means to you. I can tell you what I think it means to me. Well, according to Google, it means succeeding in dealing with a difficult problem, uh, defeat, or overpower or overwhelm, emotional, just all kind of. Good stuff. It branches out into many of things. So what for you, what do you think overcoming setbacks mean? Not allowing it to take over you. Like when it comes to setbacks, it's like we as people we sit and we drown. Well not all of us. Some of us we sit and drown in our misery instead of using that to really just learn from that lesson and mm-hmm. move forward. Because everything that happens in our life, it happens when we least expect it, when we don't want it to happen, but you have to take it upon yourself and just have enough strength to just use that like you have to recycle your pain so it's like that same pain that you had use that as motivation to get to where you want to go or need to go okay so um when did you just make up in your mind that you will start recycling pain like for me i think i made up in my mind right when my mom passed said i don't have to stay here mm-hmm. and i can move i can move from this hurt to something better but for you it probably was earlier but you know what age or what time in your life what situation did you say, okay, I'm recycling pain and I'm 
motivating myself. Oof, I mean, I had so many different Don't obstacles. Look, share, so the, share what you want to share. I mean, I just seen how I don't want to grow up, how I don't want to be, how I don't want my kids to be. So it's uh-huh. like constantly moving. Like I remember like in high school, no, middle school, we moved a lot. Yeah. So it's like even that situation, that right there just, okay, I got to start a new school, meet new friends, my grades got to transfer, and it's just like... You know, I wasn't thinking about grades when I was moving, oh. but... <laughs> It's still it's still a task because it's like packing up what you're familiar with, exactly. what you thought was permanent, to now changing to something else, and then just getting accustomed of unboxing things. Exactly, and so, it's like yeah, yeah. mentally, go, it's go like I yeah, move mentally, and like you gotta pack that up and then unbox it and then pack it up and unbox it. Yeah, and it's like still Jesus. like we moved so much growing up. Like it's like now it's like mentally like I'm feeling unstable mentally yeah. and physically. So it's like when I come home, it's like okay, I expect you how truck to be at my house at any given like we stay. It's just we move so much different people. So it's like that right there just yeah couldn't have. And that was around the city or just oh, we was in the area like Humble, nineteen sixty forty five. You know, just yeah. in the area maybe Spring maybe it just it was in the same area. Yeah, and you just said that was enough. But it's yeah, it's like it's close. Like if I move across the street, that's a different school. So now I'm upset because you yeah. know the zoning is crazy, and it's like, hang, like we yeah. moved across the street, and I gotta switch schools. So. Yeah, because you moved into Decaney because you weren't. Mm-hmm. Well, I went to Decaney. So that's another thing too. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I was like so stressed out and so pissed off at my mom. I'm like, look, when we get to high school, please promise me that we're gonna stay at the same high school all four years. Cause you wanna. Yeah, cause I wanna stay. I want stability within high school, and then for college purposes, like I ain't wanna have all these transcripts. So yeah. uh, think about college. <laughs> A paragraph yeah. of transcripts. Big so, big packet. Yeah. Exactly, and I told her, you know, please just promise me we're gonna go to the same high school all four years. So we did move, but we still stayed at the same high school. Yeah, I remember we you just telling me the about the moving fiasco. See, I yeah. never knew that. I was just like, you just move. It's okay. It's yeah, fine. and I'm like, but I understand now, given previous history. But uh, yeah. other than moving, what else? Like, okay, next pain. Um, well, I guess or I just talk just about challenge it. or setback. Oh, college, like, yeah. I finished college in like five and a half years, and when I tell you it was situation after situation after situation, because when you're a first-generation college student, like, it's a lot of things that you weren't told, you didn't have the same resources as other people who wasn't first-gens, yeah. and it's like, you don't even know services that they have at the university, because you don't know where to look for it at, so it's like, even though it is in. there, yeah. where is it, so... Yeah. Like, I just found out that we had, like, counseling services at school. I didn't know that yeah. at U of H, so... Where'd um, you start at? I remember you were okay. up in Dallas for a little bit. Man, I'm going to tell you all the secrets. Yeah, go okay. ahead. Share. So, we got time. let me tell you, I applied... My senior year, I applied to five universities. I didn't get into any of them. I was crying. I was depressed. I'm like... And that's the thing. The school be lying. Like, yeah, you apply. They accept you. They don't tell you yeah. the school... The colleges and universities have standard because... I applied to a gazillion schools, mm-hmm. paid all that money, yeah, yes. and get no letter, <laughs> no letter. And see, it in it in the moment, I don't mean to cut you off, you but fine? I can relate. In the moment, I was like, Mom, I'm trying to go to a college and university. I'm supposed to go. I'm a senior, mm-hmm. so I come back to school and tell everybody I'm going to college. And uh, my mama was like, "Yeah, okay," but she knew that I wasn't supposed to go right then. Mm-hmm. And, you know, eventually she was like, go to barber school. And I was like, mama, you bananas. crazy. (laughs) I'm cutting up hair. But, you know, it worked itself out. But in the moment, I was like, I'm not getting no buzz, no bite. It's like everybody looking over me. 
And I feel like in my class, everybody in 2010 was going to college. They were. I was the only one that wasn't going. And people were like, where are you going? I was like, yeah, man, I'm going to Southern. Oh, you going to Southern? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm going to be in the band. (laughs) Just lying. Because I didn't want to be like, nah, man, I'm staying here. Yeah. I'm going to Barber College on 1960. (laughs) I was embarrassed about the truth. But back to you. Yeah. Oh, uh, I was just laughing. Okay. um, I really was. (laughs) <laughs> but now I'm, I'm hey. Yeah, I mean, look where I am now. Oh no, it's a different like, and it's not. I mean, I'm glad for a lot of my classmates that did go on and go further. But like we were saying earlier, you can gauge what's authentic and what is artificial. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna leave it there because I don't want you know people to take what I say and be like oh he's cocky yeah and he think he better than nobody everybody no absolutely not but there's a there's a good distinction of what's really real and what's just plagiarized Mm -hmm. but yeah keep going oh okay so uh college oh yeah so i applied to five universities i ain't gonna say them because i'm feeling salty still (laughs) but uh i mean when you come famous you can be like yeah i applied yeah because i may go to that grad school so i'm gonna wait (laughs) Oh, yeah, never mind. Don't say it. Don't, yeah, I need to don't get in. Don't say it. Don't say it. So I didn't get into any of them. So I was crying. I was depressed. So then, like, my mom texted me because I don't remember where she was, but I remember just crying. And she just texted me, and she was like, I know you're crying. I'm like, dang, how did you know? Because I was crying in my room, like, before I went to sleep. Oh. She was like, I know you're crying, but, you know, you are going to get into university. So I'm like, how did she know? Like, was Lord the Lord telling her? And then she told me, like, was she the messenger in between us? That's what parents do for their kids. Yeah, and it's like, I'm like, what? Yeah. So um, I applied to, I'm going to have to say the school, but I applied to, you know, I ain't going to say it. <laughs> I Okay. <laughs> I applied to, let's say, the number one university in Texas. For the uh, so People going to be like, no one university. Because yeah. I don't even know. Okay. Like, Texas, UT? Yes, Austin. okay, we're going to say UT Austin. I applied to UT Austin. Didn't get um, in. They be lying saying they the number one. There's some better colleges in Texas. <laughs> that's another conversation. But yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, UT is everybody like go-to school. So, mm-hmm. I got a letter that was like, you know, you did not get in. You didn't meet the standards. You know, the basic generic message they sent to everybody. Yeah. So, then they I kept... They be happy to send that out. Yeah, like reject, reject, yeah. like, dang. Yeah, like, yeah. But yeah, I'm like, yeah. okay. So, usually when I see, like, that first sentence, I throw the letter in the trash. Like, you tell me what I need to know. There's nothing else I need to see. So, uh, um, I'm stuttering because I'm, like, thinking so fast. No, you're right. So, I continue reading the letter, and it said, uh, but if you want to get into UT Austin, we have a CAP program, which is, like, a college admissions program, where it's, like, we'll let you go to one of our sub-universities. But you have to have like a 3.5 at the end of the semester, uh, take 15 hours. Yeah, you have to meet certain oh, wow. criteria to get in. So I chose one of the another UT branch schools. I chose UT Arlington to uh, go to. I just chose a school because I was like, I ain't going to be here long anyway. I'm going yeah. to UT Austin. So um, I chose UT Arlington. Arlington. Yeah. Oh, it was a sub school. Yeah, I didn't But really... people be going to UT, all these like UT Tyler. Mm-hmm. They be mm-hmm. going like and be like, Graduating like yeah, I went to UT Tyler, go Hawks or whatever the mascot is. Yeah, but I'm I didn't know UT UTA 
UT Austin used them as sub schools. I thought they were just another campuses. Yeah, like a lot of people, people I didn't realize was in like that cat program because I yeah everybody was like, I didn't oh, know it was a cat program. Yeah, and I yeah. kind of felt embarrassed at one point because it's like okay, I really didn't get in, but I'm just here for a semester. And then I start meeting other cat students. I'm like, I feel a part of the crew now, so I can stay here. Yeah, long yeah, you ha- yeah, you can make a decision to stay or move. But you still get the same four year degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you we, we just think of the name, you know. Yeah, back then I was eighteen. Name. UT Austin was the school. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Uh, universities in itself is a whole college life is crazy. Yes, it and is. there's no preparations. Mm-hmm. First gen, second, tenth gen. Mm-hmm. There's no preparations because you can't explain college broke. Until you experience college. Oh, that is true. When I say that's broke. Bumming the calf, like, faithfully. Knowing the schedule. Bringing your Tupperware. (laughs) I'm saying, knowing the microwave schedule. Knowing the laundry schedule. Like, the dormitory struggle. It's a a good experience. Mm -hmm. Because it it teaches you how to be an adult. Exactly. But when you paying for a hot and spicy with pennies. Oh, yeah. And you got this change. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And you ain't shame of having this change. (laughs) I'm trying to eat. I used to laugh at my aunts because my dad has four sisters. And they're frugal. They are cheap. All of them went to college, though. Mm-hmm. But now I understand, you know, if we got to save this money, we got to save this money. Yeah, that's how I am now. We used to go on vacations all the time. And Auntie Barbara, bless her heart, she used to bust out this can of frozen chili, <laughs> warm it up in a crock pot, and give us chili. We'd be like, huh, y'all eat that. And we were like, man, Auntie Barbara going to buy this chili. Yeah. And eat this nasty chili. <laughs> Tired eating this chili. That's all we eat. I want to go to McDonald's. I yeah. want to go out to eat. We don't have that luxury money. Mm-hmm. We're going to eat this chili, eat this hot dog, and go to e- sleep. Exactly. But, you know, that college road is different, man. But it makes you appreciate just life. And yeah. It, it, I don't know what it college is. College is a nice experience because now you're in control of what you want to mm-hmm. and don't want to do. And then you better get over there and do it because I said so. Exactly. So that luxury, but... At the same time, you deal with the repercussions of having so much liberty. I learned real fast that drinking a bunch of Four Locos oh, is going to yeah. give me a headache, you know. I can be honest where we are, but for real, mm-hmm. I learned, like, staying up to 5 o'clock and then saying, nah, I ain't going to class. The professor ain't tripping. i do it later. That catches up with you. Yeah, it, it does. Yeah, you so, gotta value you your know, time. Yeah, now Man. that I'm back in school, you know, hey, you read the assignment and do the work. Yeah, and I feel like college will prepare you for the real world. Like, yeah. as far as like being on time, it does. Uh, procrastinating, it. all, it just. Yeah. Man, they just crazy. don't give us the genuine conversation in school. They mm-hmm. just say, do your best and have fun, mm-hmm. you know. But tell me, you're gonna be broke. Oh, oh, plenty you of gonna nights. You're going to spend that financial aid. Oh, yeah, you need to. Oh, you get that financial aid. That's like the lottery. Oh, like, it is? Because you ain't never seen $10,000. Yeah. In your name. What? You'd be lucky if you see 100 especially where we come from, you know. Mm-hmm. You'd be lucky if you see 100 That financial aid, man. But when you get them couple thousands in the bank account, you be like, I'm going to the mall. Yeah, we'd be like. It's, it's really bad when you're in the mall and you don't know what to buy. Because you, you got so much money. Buy oh, I'm going to buy the $600 massage. Yeah. 
But you know, it's all about life and understanding. That college <laughs> and man. experiencing. I wouldn't go back. What I needed to learn, I learned. Mm-hmm. I'm not going back to eat noodles. I get and that's your final answer. I get home cooked meals every <laughs> night. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not going back to. I lived off of noodles in mm-hmm. college. What flavor? Any flavor. I got so you know creative. I was mixing packages. Oh yeah. Yes. Taco Bell. I can't eat that anymore. Mm-hmm. I can't eat McDonald's. I would like throw up if I. If yeah, that dollar me and you. Yeah. I know. No. Wendy's. What? None of that. All the fast food places. Yes, because that's all we had. And I went to TJC mm-hmm. and Tyler. So Tyler was way more small. Tyler is like just being in the city limits of Humble. Like the oh. old Humble. Not like the new Humble in 1960. Mm-hmm. Like being on just this old side where it runs into the country. That's all Tyler was. Ooh. So me being a city boy... Going to that, first it was tight, but sometimes I was just like, man, I want to go home. I want mm-hmm. some Chicken Plus. <laughs> I said that to this one guy. He was like, Chicken Plus? I was like, yeah, Yo. Chicken Plus, man, some Frenchies. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's all I would talk about when you, my last year in Tyler. I yeah. was like, man, I can't do this. You can't. You don't have no taco trucks. I got it. And it's like food is the biggest issue in college. Like, a lot of us college students, we... Peanut butter jelly sandwich. Oh, Jesus. I don't eat that no more. Really? Oh, I, I still be plugged. I in. just got back to a regular sandwich. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, for monetary reasons, have kids. Mm-hmm. Can't be eating, you know, luxurious. Yeah, all the time. And bust out that sandwich and chips and yeah. get back to work. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, it teaches you how to survive, yeah, how to use your resources. I ain't ate a PB&J in about six years, and I don't have no... Really? I'm not going back to that. Yeah. I can't. Right, I might eat it when my girls get three and four on field trips, but hilarious. Cause I ate it so many nights, mm-hmm. just sad and milk, so and still be hungry. Yeah, they don't do nothing for you. Yeah, chili. I used to warm up chili and make homemade Frito pies, mm-hmm. but I don't even like. I bust that out every once in a while, but like now, that's a know, full course meal. What you my mean? my wife is a nutritionist, so. There's no unhealthy food in the house. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, but nah. Certain stuff I just don't eat anymore because I... Tired of it. I thrived off of it. Yeah, we exhausted it too much to the point where it's like... Yeah. Can't take no more. Going to the deli, knowing the menu. Yeah. Left (laughs) and right. Asking, did I use all my menu points today? (laughs) How many I got left? How many deli points I got? (laughs) Baby, you came here an hour ago. Okay, I'll be back in three hours. You know, like... Yeah. What time the cab close? Like, you be having to know. Yeah, it's soul food today. Come on, get down here. Like, <laughs> yes, man. Uh, no, man. Um, I don't yeah. miss that. But I encourage everybody to go to college. Like, it's even, a it's a wonderful experience. Yes, it is. Like just meeting new people. It, I feel like okay, college is like you're not a kid anymore, but you're not in the real world just yet. So you kind of in the mix. <laughs> Of trying to figure out what kind of person you're gonna be, you lost going because you don't really know who you are when you go to college. Yeah, you don't know. You don't. But by the time you graduate, you should have an idea of idea. the type of person. Yeah, because 
college. Yeah, it will and, shape you. And I always tell college graduates and kids that are going to college now, I'd be like, this is the only time where you, you got six years mm-hmm. to be broke and travel the world. And it'd be okay. Yeah, and yeah. it'd be okay because yeah. you'll sign up for an art appreciation class and they'll send you to Italy. Yeah. A couple hundred dollars. Yeah. It's the only time in, in your life you can be broke. And do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And it'd be okay. Yeah, because okay. if I was broke, I would like, okay, I'm a college student, I'm broke. Oh, we understand. But little pat on the back. Yeah, you get innovative. Yeah. You'd be really rigging stuff together. You you understand the importance of kickbacks because mm-hmm. you can't go out. Exactly. You should let the house play some music and y'all just have fun. Yeah, invite a few people over. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all those things. So, all those things are nice and wonderful, you know, understanding the repercussions of partying too much because mm-hmm. I party when I went to Tyler they didn't have roomy but they gave me a band scholarship so the band made sure I got somewhere to stay I was staying in a three bedroom house five minutes from campus 18 I'm partying mm-hmm. like I am and it got bad just like he, my mom called me hey mom what you doing <laughs> hey I know I'm doing alright she was like you better get your behind to the classroom mm-hmm. and stop up Stop being up there shaking your behind. I'm like, Mom, what you talking about? She's like, I know you ain't in class right now. You laying down. And I was laying down. I was like, oh, crap. They know. Yeah. And she she never asked me how my grades were. Yeah, because. Because she knew. <laughs> but she said, if you're going to go back partying, you coming home. And I was like, oh, I'm not coming home. Yeah. I won't party. And so you learn the repercussions of mm-hmm. that. You learn your consequences. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, keep the conversation going. Oh, great. Uh. So, just college and that whole experience is... You just... Well, since I'm a freshly graduate, you know... Yeah. About a... But you graduated about, like, two years ago. Uh, 2018 oh, in May. So, it'll be a year. It'll be two years in May. Okay. No, it'll be one year. I graduated one. May 2018. So, 2019. It'll be, it'll be a year. year. So, I graduated a few months ago. Like eight months ago, nine months ago. Put it like that. That's profound, though. Mm-hmm. That's big because you're the first one in your family. Yeah. First one, so First one. and you got a nice little salary job. Yeah, you know, you know, and that's another man. I don't even know where to start. Okay, Go so ahead, tell it, tell it. So everybody, I how can I put it like this? Okay, well, everybody main thing is like, okay, I need to get a job right after graduation. That's everybody, you know, thing. You see, you're just like, okay, now it's time to start hustling. I ain't got time to be partying. I'm mm-hmm. gonna graduate. I need a job. Like, what I'm gonna do? So, uh, a tragic event happened, of course, you know, my brother yeah. passed away, like, days before yeah, graduation, days, like, yeah. like, literally, I'm like, dang, bro, you couldn't wait to after graduation? Yeah. But, um, so, I was like, put, I put graduation on hold and focus, you know, on the funeral, um, yeah. you know, trying to better myself, the grievance process, all this stuff. So, it was like, okay, I had a job, and I applied at this job, I had a job interview, but I missed it because I woke up feeling terrible. I felt bad. Like, I just couldn't do it. Like, she going to ask me questions. I just cannot give her my 100%. Yeah, I just wasn't in the mood. I woke up and I told my mom, I'm like, Mom, I just, I can't go. So, she's like, well, okay, you know. I'm like, bills still adding up. You know, bills don't stop because somebody died. Like, it just don't. So. They be like, I'm sorry. Exactly. When will you make your next payment? Because they were like, telling me that with my car. And I was like, my mama just died. Like, life is tough. I'm dealing mm-hmm. with this. Oh, I'm so sorry. So yeah, exactly that pause. Like the next <laughs> friend, like you just like, like can you but not you know, feel okay? They gotta do their job so you don't get mad at them. So I'm like, okay. So I emailed people in HR and I told mm-hmm. them I couldn't make it. 
So about like a week later, I get a, another email, and that's like, you know, do you still want the position? So I'm like, yes. Would you like? Yes, I yep. do. So whenever like stuff come back, well, sometimes when stuff come back in a circle, it's meant for you to have. So I'm like, that's yes, good. got the interview, same call, same day. And you were doing a good job, even through that that brief moment, mm-hmm. because that was really that was life changing. Right, right, right. Because you and your brother were really close. Mm-hmm. We don't have to go into the details. If people know you; they know right what happened, the incident. Yeah. And I'm not the type to, you know, divulge. Like, what stuff. happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was life shattering, and then the just the remnants. It's like throwing a big old rock. And a big puddle of water, it's gonna have waves like after mm-hmm. effects. And I can relate to a certain extent because when you lose somebody close and people know that you're close with the person that's transitioned to the other side, all this stuff is happening and you're trying to manage, you're trying to unbox yeah. you, but still deal with a new surrounding and a new environment. And people try to help the best way they can, but. It'd be a lot going on. It does. And it's it just keeps coming. And it's like, I'm in this new place that I'm trying to hold myself together so mm-hmm. I can hold everybody else around me together. And then we try to deal with everything else that's coming. Because stuff don't stop coming. Mm-hmm. It never does. Like, yeah. at all. Like, all does. through our, every semester, something mm-hmm. happened. I'm like, God. Like, I don't know if the devil was just, like, testing me or was God testing like. Sometimes I really don't know if it's like we put ourselves in situations and then God is like, okay, you're going to learn. Or is this really a part of my plan? Like, I know God allows things to happen, but it's like I question like so much that happened in college. I'm like, okay, this is one of my obstacles I'm going to go through. Is it? Are you trying to see how I can like fall down on my knees and then pray and then get back up and move? Like, it was just college. Is, yep. It's a lot of mental things that went on in college. Yes, but, um, you know, I believe it's a bit of both. And I say that because sometimes... I would move ahead of what God had for me, mm-hmm. and he would have to show me. Like, if I tell Janae, don't touch this, and she touch it anyway, I have to pop her because mm-hmm. I'm trying to show her she just needs to listen without experiencing. But sometimes the Lord will send us to stuff to show us that, show us his provisional care, and to show us that you got through that because of me, mm-hmm. and I need you to understand that. And to also show the enemy because he likes to accuse and say we're not capable of anything. And um, we'll uh, sometimes believe that because we be in the, the the middle of the situation. The Lord allows stuff to go certain ways to show us his character and to push us to trusting him more. So it's a little bit of both. Sometimes we move ahead and have to deal with the consequences and sometimes... We have to face things that happen to show us that we really need to trust him to maintain mm-hmm. the mentalness and then the physical, the physical state. Yeah, because it's like when you're young and you are in church, it's like you go to church because your parents force you to go to yeah, church. Yeah, but you don't but grasp exactly you until you get older and you, you get on your the own. Concepts. Yeah, and you start going. If you stuff? stay with God, if you stay with God, because mm-hmm. some people don't, and it's not saying nobody's you know good or bad. But, you know, we know if you do stay with God, you start to understand him more mm-hmm. than what was said. Because it's, 
what they're saying in the moment is actually true. The thing is, it's just not received because we ain't experienced it. Right. But when I've experienced what it means to put my hand over an open flame and get burnt and I have to deal with the repercussions of that and then with the healing of that, it's like, okay, you know, now I get what, you know, exactly what Granny meant when he said he was an on-time God. Exactly. Oh, yes. Because we used to sing it and be excited because they're excited. Mm-hmm. But, you know, understanding that God will come through clutch when we need him to, mm-hmm. when we like... We've exhausted all of what we thought was enough time, and we like okay now I'm past what I thought was gonna happen. Yeah. When are you gonna show up? And then it extends some more, and it's like okay, you know, whatever happens, yeah. you're in control. And then he show right up, <laughs> and it's, it's like, like oh, thank you, Jesus. Right, and it's like now I see why people catch the Holy Ghost, why people be crying in yeah, church. It's, it's a it's in a it's a physical expression of of what they've experienced, mm-hmm. and, and I ain't just. Hocus pocus, and some people dime it to be hocus pocus, but some real, some real, you know, experiences are just expressions of just simple gratitude. Mm-hmm. You know, I've experienced some stuff, even like with Jada. And after this, we can go to a break and then dive back into the conversation. Even like with Jada, Jada was, well, Reese was six weeks pregnant with Jada, mm-hmm. and no, no, six months, twenty four weeks. But that's like the gestational time for the development of their their limbs and they were like you know it, it looks like she might have down syndrome and they told us that and they said you, you got to go to a specialist and the specialist to check on it and it was very stressful because we had janae perfect beautiful baby healthy as an ox you know and now we have jada round two and we're not expecting the same results, but we were like, we went through this once just nine months ago. We can do it again with round two. And it wasn't the same results. And it was very, very scary for about six, seven weeks. It was just this quiet period. Only a select few knew about it, but we weren't really chippy like we was with Janae because we were dealing with maybe our, our baby might have Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now we got to figure out how we going to handle it. Mm-hmm. Praying, asking God, praying, you know, make me has to make way. All this stuff. None was said. The results are still the same for about six, maybe eight weeks. I'm probably stretching it. My wife knows more than me. But <laughs> the results were the same for the next few checkups. And the last checkup, I was like, you know, I had a resolve in my head. I said, regardless you know, a child is a gift from God. So I'm going to stay right there and learn how to grow to wherever I need to be Mm -hmm. to, you know, be that parent for my child. Get in the doctor's office. He's running a test and he's like, your baby's perfectly fine. This was the same doctor or a different doctor? The same. This was my wife's doctor, but the specialist that was referred by my wife's doctor, the same guy. So he's been there the whole process and was mm-hmm. like, you know, like, whatever I saw at first, I don't see now. Mm, 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 mm. And just that, you know, just that reminder for me as a parent, it's like, you know, God knows what he's doing. Exactly. And I will never, ever, you know, I would never not believe that. Mm-hmm. And just that right there is just a constant reminder because she's. 
healthy as an ox. She actually was bigger than Janae when she was born. Mm. So it, it it made full circle. But, you know, understanding now, you know, that God knows what he's doing. So within that, let's by say. firsthand experience. So within that, you know, possibly six to eight weeks, like was y'all praying? Oh, or? yes. Crying before the Lord, fasting, doing all of what we we were taught to do. And, you know, the Lord wasn't saying so much, not because he couldn't. He just knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. It was gauging to see how we would respond. It was a lot of moments of doubt. So I was like, Lord, I don't, I don't know. Hey, uh, I, don't, I don't need any more bad news. I'm mm-hmm. still getting over my mama. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of that. And the Lord was just seeing what we were going to do. It's even harder on my wife because it's like we got a baby. You know, the stress of that can affect the baby in the womb. Like, all the stuff going on. So many different outside situations. Still trying to adjust the, the womb. you know, with life and bills and all that was going on. It was a lot of prayer and fasting. And, okay, God, you're going to have to, you know. This checkup number two. Still the same news. You created the earth in seven days and trying to affirm all these things but you know now looking back that you know that's something we had to walk through because it was a bigger picture he was trying to show us and then at the same time to remind us that you know he actually is in control of everything so yeah yeah and I don't you know my wife doesn't share it that much but you know now on this side looking back you know it was a scary time for us it really was scary but you know it, it ties in that's mm-hmm. all I'm saying, you know. God knows what he's doing. Exactly. And it ain't just something you're saying. It's something, you know, you've experienced. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, uh, we're on 30 minutes. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and then come back for the second portion of this podcast. Remember to rate and subscribe. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back. <laughs> It's recording now, so it's fine. Okay. What's up, guys? We're back for part two. Took a well-needed break. Um, I have Destiny here again, talking about overcoming setbacks. So uh, now we're gonna get to the deep questions Man. of the podcast. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> uh, what is your personal belief and just kind of you know aspiring thoughts or just what do you believe and. What do you use to kind of get you through everyday life? Oh, I tried to break it down so it wasn't so hard. Yeah, you said it was deep, deep. That's a. But yeah, what is just your personal belief? Like, since we're talking about setbacks, you said recycling pain, mm-hmm. and that's just the first tip. But what is to the core of you? What has always been the reminding thing? You know, with the recycling pain. And using that as motivation to kind of say, you know what, come hell or high water, I'm still going to go. Because you talked about some of your college stuff, but I remember the college changes. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like seasons. And, you know, after round two or three, just as a regular human being, so okay, I think it's time to throw in the towel and find something new. But you were like, yeah, this happened, but, you know, yeah. now I'm going to get it cracking over in this way. So, and with that, like, yeah. I feel like the Bible was my safe haven. Mm. Like, 
you can pull up a scripture. Well, for me, I can pull up one scripture and it just take one scripture to just let me know, okay, keep going, Destiny. Like, mm -hmm. you have to keep going. Like, I feel like, I don't, I don't want to compare us, but I am. But my siblings, like, we're all on different paths, different roads. But it's like, when it comes to me, yeah. I feel like I got to open a Bible. Because they may be like, oh, bump this. I'm, I'm done. I don't want to do this. I'm about to go wrong and get Yeah. High we right. all got our different We methods. all do that. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like me opening that Bible and, like, reading the word. And that's nothing, too. Like, having a relationship with God. Because, like, if you don't have that relationship, it's you like. You're just reading you, a bunch of nice words. That's it. That's it. Because you got to just do more than read it. You got to also practice it. And once I get that information soaked into me, I can see it, I can believe it, then move forward from that. Yeah, like, but it's, you know, it's like even with your mom, if you didn't have a relationship with your mom, what she would instruct you or tell you, like with, like you said, with how you're upset about applying to college senior mm -hmm. year, if you didn't have that relationship with your mama, you, you wouldn't be receptive. Exactly. So having the relationship, relationship makes the information mm -hmm. receptive. Yeah, and like even though we may, well, I, keep, I need to stop saying we. Even though I I'm might question, get but keep going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even though I may question God, uh -huh. it's like still at the end of the day, I still rely on Him. I know He's not gonna lead me in the wrong direction. Yeah. Like I just know that like everything's gonna work out for my good. So and yes, we do work in seasons. So it just may have been my season, my time to experience what I'm going through to teach me. With yeah. the rest of the next level. Because, you know, what they say, different levels, different devils. Yep. So, just true. you just have to lean on that word yep. strongly. And so, what was the reoccurring thing you kept saying to yourself after reading the word? Well, I have this scripture in my uh, bio. Uh -huh. But it's like, I have to like know, like, when you, we all are put on this earth for a purpose. And you just have to know that, like, okay, God, you will not put more on me than what I can handle. That's my favorite one. You will not put more on me than what I can handle. So with that scripture right there, I know that, like, can't nothing just bring me down. So just get that one scripture. And you will repeat that to yourself a hundred times? Yes. And it's like, you, you will not put, put more on me than, than I could bear. Yes. Yeah. And that's it. And it's so common. And it's uh, probably, like, one of the, like, scriptures like most people know but it's like yeah. it is so true yeah it is true and it it does take root if you believe it that's mm -hmm. that's the and it's not to get on biblical things because i never you know push that but mm -hmm. it's truthful but um and also i'm sorry to cut you off yeah, no, but uh do not get weary and well doing for in due season you shall reap if you faint not so it's like if you know you walking in your purpose and things happen, just keep walking. Like you know Girl, that this is your purpose, this is your calling. So can't nothing really block you if you have deviate you from that. Yeah. So we don't take it. We're not taking detours. We keep going. That's powerful. So. You know, I always think of and you just said it. I should have brought this here earlier because it got a little chilly. Um, you know the picture that's always on Instagram. It's always on different accounts. It says my plan and God's plan. Oh, yes, and, the and it and it be like or that the left right thing, but mm -hmm. it's always the little stick figure man, and it's like my plan, and it's like all the bumps and uh -huh. hills and up and down. And it's like God's plan. It's a straight path. I feel like it should be reversed. Our plan, our plan is what we think. It's just a straight like. Go straight. Mm -hmm. But God's plans is ups and downs and bumps and, and bruises. And in that, he never leaves us in those moments. But he has to bring us super high and super low yeah. to show us who's in control. 
Exactly. It's, I feel like it's molding you to be the person that God wants Thank you to be. Thank you. That's what I was saying. Like, it, it, it is molding you, but we don't we don't look at it like that. We just think, oh, if I hook up with God, it's going to be easy breezy. Mm-hmm. No. Because the same Bible says, count it all joy when you go through various challenges. Mm-hmm. Knowing that your test produces patience. Yeah. But we don't want to talk about that. We just say... Oh, yeah. Yeah, we always like to sing God's plan, but we don't understand that. Yeah, and it's like we going in, when we in church and you know we hear all this good stuff, yep. and then it's like when things start happening, we want to question God, and yep. it's like you know what? And I heard another well, I'm gonna say a person say you know don't question God, but it's like do I question God? Do I not? Do I want to understand it? Because He's not gonna answer you right when you want Him to answer you anyway. But it's a relationship. Yeah. Just like when you don't understand what your mama doing, sometimes you're like, why? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's just the human part of us. We uh, we don't relay the information properly to the next ones coming up. I had a conversation with a kid in my church, and he was asking me, "I really don't believe in God." And the the traditional saying would be, "Oh, that's not true. You gotta <laughs> believe the word because it's true." But it's never like, "Well, why? Why should I believe because it's true?" Like. Not to say I'm just rebelling or I'm trying to find information to not say it's true, but I really want to know that I know. Mm-hmm. And what I told him, I said, man, you know, there's no wrong with asking these questions, but you got to understand in asking, you got to wait for God to give you the answer, one. And then two, don't be so hard on yourself because you are asking this. Because even in the Bible, it's a man that asks the Lord to heal his son, heal his daughter. And the Lord said, she's healed only if you believe. And the man said, I believe, but help my unbelief. Peter was walking on water and then turned around and started sinking. So believing and not believing is a humanistic part of all of us. Mm -hmm. And you got to be okay with that. So questioning God is the same thing. But, you know, I said all that to say that we don't relay the information correctly. And we be so afraid of not just saying, well, I don't know, but we can figure it out at the same time. We say, or we were told, no, you believe this, you know, come hell or high water, even if there is no real substance. Right. How about inform me? Because if I'm better informed, then I won't have a reason to, to not say, oh, that ain't true. So it's I feel like the information is never there and mm-hmm. we uh we push so much of our own personal experiences and want that to captivate people that we actually lose them in trying to get draw them cuz I could tell you a hundred times how good cheesecake is but until you try cheesecake for yourself you just going off of what I said right it tastes like and so it has to be both. It has to be the truth of the Bible and personal experience. But it can't just be personal experience and no truth. Mm-hmm. Or it can't be all truth and no personal experience. It has to be a little bit of both. And I, I feel like, you know, we always, as as just believers who are misinformed, we have one or the other instead of being in harmony, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, hearing it, of course, I was like, oh, man, he don't believe in Lord. But then at the same time, you know, I share with him, you know, my stance on it. And uh, from there, you know, presented him with the right tools 
told him what to look up, where to go, and believed that that'll be enough with personal experience to convince him that God is real. Mm -hmm. But I didn't get, you know... So did he walk away at that point now believing, or he had an idea or understanding? I mean, I believe now he's believing. I ain't spoke to him in some time, but, you know, God's word won't come back void. Right. And I'm understanding just in a, a brief smidget of maturity that getting frantic does nothing. But when you remain calm and trust God for who he is, He's already doing what he said he would do. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm not worried because, I mean, you you can't look at the stars and not know there's a, a God. As as much as you want to argue it, even like in my, I'm taking this philosophy class, and philosophy is the biggest way people question God's existence. Oh, yeah. But when it boils down to the, the argument, you can't deny it no matter how much you, you present your points and you give all these, you know, hypotheses and these, you know, elanctic, you know, all these things, elanctic and all these arguments and methods. You know, God is real, and you just, mm-hmm. you're just choosing not to believe. But we, we <laughs> yeah, have we Bible study. It, yeah. We can go on and on, which is true. But you know. It's nice to know that you knew to go to the Word to let it anchor you. Because mm-hmm. I had nowhere to go, so what else I'm going to do? That's like, even, see, that's even. I mean, when you're down tonight, I mean, when you don't have no money, you can't go to nobody else. It's like, God's going to make sure he find a way for you to come to him directly. Yeah. And so from that, what have, like, now, how do you apply that belief? You when, because now you're in a better position than you was before. Mm-hmm. So how do you kind of keep yourself, you know, humble? Or I mean, how does the same thing keep you in a position of, well, I can be concerned, but I don't have to worry? Yeah, that's a good question. Because it's like, okay, I'm going to give you an example. Yeah. Well, in college, no, you're struggling. Like, I'm struggling, like, yeah, you bad. Like, you're the homeless guy or, or cousin. Like, P.O. apostrophe. Yeah. So it's like, okay, now I graduated. I'm making good money. You know, mm-hmm. got two phones, as you, as you mentioned earlier. So it's like, how do I remain humble with two yeah. phones? You know, I got a yeah. foreign car. Like, God yeah. is good. So, I mean, I just, like I said, recycle the pain. Remember what you went through at first yeah. and how you got to where you are now. So I was like, even when I see a homeless person, I'm quick to give them some money. Or yeah. when I see a college student, you know, I got to give them some words of encouragement because it's like, I've been where you've been. Like, I can testify and tell you that you're going to make it through. And so, regardless of the, the setbacks, yeah, you just and, you take and it and stride with it. Oh, like, I just remember how I was and how I didn't want to be. So who am I to, like, spit on the next person because I got be a like, foreign car? Yeah, you know, nice, like, there's nice two phones. I'm, nice I'm so modest when it comes to, like, two phones. Oh, you dress nice or, or like... Like, these phone cases, it stay Louis Vuitton, but I'm humble enough to go to Amazon and get them $20, so. <laughs> so. Everybody's living baroque. What's, what's that saying now? It's like French broke, like you oh. broke, baroque. <laughs> that is me all the way. I had a little cousin, like, yeah, I'm baroque. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah. But and for I, real, like. And I, just, I even had to say broke. Like, I feel like we got to say we're in between blessings because we're not broke. We just. But yeah. I'm well off. Oh, yeah. I got everything I need. I ate today. Yeah. You know, got a roof up your head. I got to do what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I'm well off. Yeah, I'm better than I was yeah. in college. Of course, I want you know my credit together so I can take care of my kids, but the mm-hmm. Lord will do that. <laughs> you know, like, of course, I, I want some things, but at the end of the day, you know, 
I think for me, the happiest or the the well off. When I say well off, it's like I think one day I woke up, we were eating breakfast, and the girls were just doing whatever. My wife's just doing whatever. I'm sitting there drinking coffee, eating a little breakfast sandwich, and I said, "Life is great." I, you know, a million dollars could not give me the same satisfaction, you know, mm-hmm. satisfaction that I have now. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? Instead of being so hell bent on. I need this lump sum, so I'll be all right. It's more if I get that, I'm gonna disperse it in this manner to take care of these things. But I'm well off because I have a loving wife. I have healthy kids. You know, then the 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 attainable, the tangible things start to matter more than the aspiring things. Mm-hmm. Not to say I don't want a couple thousand dollars to. Yeah. If I hit the lotto, we're gonna take care of some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Build some credit, but at the same time, I'm not holding my breath till I live the lotto. Yeah. Till I get the lotto, I said live. Till I get the lotto, it doesn't matter because I'm I'm well off and I'm blessed now Mm -hmm. because I could, like, I lost my mom at 23. And I know people who have lost their mom younger or even older, and they, or, or dad, you know, or lost a loved one. Older and younger, and 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 is still trying to reset from that one moment. Mm-hmm. I've I like you. I've been able to take that and then strive with it. Yeah, I lost my mom, but you know. Yeah. I still have my mental state. Mm-hmm. I still can remember all the good things. I still can you know pay my bills on time. I still you know can. Cherish the moments with my daughters. I can cherish the moment with my wife. Like, her birthday comes around. That's still tough. Christmas comes around. Mm-hmm. That's tough. Jada's birthday is, you know, 25 days before my mom's. That's And Jada looks just like my mom, you know. All these things could be just mental things that could deteriorate right. me as a person. But it's, it's taking that and say, well, dang, you know. Now I have another good memory, so. Yeah, and it's like. I hate to say this, but yeah. it's like, I don't want nobody to misinterpret this the wrong way. But I feel like, you know, when somebody close to you dies, something else is rebirthed inside of you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and I don't know. That's what it should be. Like, I don't know where the strength come from. I don't know. Like, because me, I used to be like a, a conservative. I'm not saying I'm conservative, but like, I used to be like shy. didn't want to talk to nobody. Antisocial. Yeah. I mean, I am to an extent, but like now I talk more. Um, I'm engaged in conversations. You I go to a bunch of people. You like, alone. Yeah, it's like I be planning stuff, and it's like if he was my brother was still alive, I wouldn't be doing half the stuff I'm doing. Yeah, because in the moment you thought our life is over, with, mm-hmm. and some indescribable strength, yeah, popped up. And it's like I got courage up. just out of no. Like when he yeah. passed away, it's like okay, now I really got to step it up. I got. Yeah. It's it's it, positive motivation. Yeah. So. But yeah, and just putting that into perspective, it's like you know what, million dollars ain't gonna change me, or that's not gonna be the driving force where I can't enjoy the little moments. I've learned to enjoy the the little moments mm-hmm. now, and so it's like man, I'm well off. And like me, I look at it like I get to eat what I want to eat when I want to eat it. What? Why? Why should I be hell bent on, a you know, like having a million dollars or making sure I get the bag today? Yeah, I got to eat what I want to eat. 
we grand. Yeah. You know, we're great. Having money is good for accessible reasons because that's all money is, is access. To me, it's not. And, and David, shout out to David Hudson. He really put it in perspective for me. Money is just access because it gives you access to things you didn't have before. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have it, you don't have access to it. So especially for our, our like social circle and society, Instead of being in that rat race of trying to have access for a brief time to go back to not having access to working this much time to get back up there to have that access, just enjoy now. If that comes, it comes. Work with what you have to get what you need, but don't work with don't work with what you don't have to try to get what you don't need. Yeah. That's that's true. Yeah. I mean I look at it like that and it's like yeah, I feel like, you know, don't despise small beginnings. Like, yeah. I, I'm content where I am. I'm happy. But mm-hmm. do I want more out of life? Yes. But right now, at the stage I'm at right now, I'm happy. Um, I'm yeah, no, nah, I'm I'm good. I, um, I had a cousin that wanted me to come work with him at his shop. And it's not that I didn't, but I had to make a decision of what was more important. Was the slaving 18 hours to put a lot of money in my pocket for my family? Because you gotta have money in your pocket to provide for mm-hmm. your family, or was it being present in the moment? And I chose being present in the moment because that was important. It is important. My dad was not present in my life. I know my daddy loved him to death. We talk all the time, but he wasn't in the household, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to recreate that same thing. Where I'm not in the household, even though I'm in the household, because I'm married in my life. I'm not going to cheat and we're not going to get a divorce or anything. But I could be slaving on my job so much that I'm not home to catch things that they're going through or catch things that my wife is going through. Mm-hmm. So him not being there made you the father slash husband that you are right now? Or what does it have matter to Oh, uh, man. Uh, it really... I would say it set me up in a good way. Because just like we talked about that situation... With the timeout, mm-hmm. um, you know that was displayed right before my parents split, and I always made a mental note that I'd never be that I wouldn't be that same person. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I wasn't I wasn't gonna get physical, regardless of how upset I was. Right. So in that timeout situation, that came present, and I was like, no, never. And my wife can tell you, when we first got together, I was like, I don't hit, I don't play fight because I'm not that type of person. And then secondly, I don't want to ever get so angered that I can't control myself. Right. Just not, that's just not up for discussion. So in that way, it kind of helped me because I don't, I really check my tone if I'm frustrated. I go in the room and take a time out and then come back out and make sure my you know, myself is together because I have little girls. So if I'm like, hey, you know, if I'm being upset, if I'm being aggressive because I'm upset, I see with my one-year-old, she's like frantic, like she's bawling. And then it's like, dang, now I'm being, you know, this animal and this is a little sweet baby. Like, yeah. see, So, yeah, in ways it has. But see, I mean, it's a good... See, I'm glad, like, from that situation, you went the positive route because you could have took the opposite route 
and been, you know, in domestic violence situations. You yep. know, you could have took that. It's in. present in the black household. Yeah, unfortunately, um, we got to do better as black we people. We do, we do, like, as people, or just, just period. My brother is a firefighter, and eight out of ten of his calls are for domestic violence. And he's a firefighter. And he's a firefighter, cause you know the EMTs, so they deal with that. Or six out of ten, or five out of ten of their calls. Or for domestic violence and not for fires. Mm-hmm. You know? That's crazy. Yeah, you know, two or three might be for car accidents. But it's all some type of abusive relationship. And uh, that just was something I wasn't going to do. Yeah, it just depends on how you gravitate towards yeah. your situations and your circumstances. Yeah, and so, like, you know, with my cousin, I made that decision that being present for my family was providing, you know, because provision splits in various ways. And we educate. We try to teach people how to read, and we ourselves aren't literate. Mm-hmm. And so... You try to teach people what a man is or what a husband is, and your resume does not say that. And then you, when somebody else tells you that, you know, this is what the resume is supposed to be like, you, you know, automatically take it in. You know, I love Nadef, and we talk here and there, but, you know, he tried to tell me, oh, you're just comfortable, and you afraid to step out and bring money to the household, take care of your family, and all these slanderous things, and I just simply, you know, stop engaging in the conversation, but I understand that provision goes further than money. Not saying you ain't supposed to have money, because you are. Mm-hmm. That's a lie. Ain't no woman gonna be with no broke man. That I'm is not true. saying that, but what I'm saying is if you can't meet the mental needs, if you can't be the watchman over your house, and be like, hey, baby, I see you working hard. You know, go take care of that. I'm going to take care of this. And know that's what she needed in that moment. You ain't providing. You just bring home a big check. Yeah. If you can't clean the house, keep the house running so she can get herself together or figure out what she needs and know that that's what you're supposed to be doing, you just bring money home. Mm-hmm. And women need stability. They don't need they don't need monetary or tangible things. They need to know that they're taken care of. If you can't assure the woman that you're with that you can take care of her, you just... Yeah, because I feel like at this point... You just a sperm donor. Yeah, yeah. And it's feel like I have no Because women now. can take care of themselves. They know how to get out there and get money. They know how to do all these mm-hmm. wonderful and miraculous things. They need to know that they are grounded when stuff hits the fan. Because it does. And it'll weigh in sometimes. And if you can't ground them, you just bring your money home. And I realize that fast now. Because I have, you know, kids and a wife. And I got to play my role. I got to be the watchman of my house. I got to hold everything in together. And if I can't do that, I'm just bringing money home. And that's what I tried to explain to him. And it went south. And I'm mature enough not to entertain certain stuff. Mm -hmm. And... But I just said all that to say that, you know, I'm understanding that I'm well off now where I'm at as I work to where I want to be. Yeah, I am going to go back to being a teacher and, you know, inspire kids and, you know, help them in ways that I can. But I'm well off now. Like, I wake up every day happy. Mm -hmm. 
you can't buy that. Not to shoot down Jay-Z or P. Diddy or Michael B. Jordan or Denzel Washington. These are all fabulous and wonderful people. Beyonce, like all of them, they do a lot of wonderful things. But you can't buy happiness. And I can leave it there. You can't buy peace. You can buy joy. You can you can't you can buy excitement. You can buy thrill. You can buy brief joy or brief happiness, but you can't buy real peace. When everything's caving in and you still alright. You can't buy that. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was realizing. I don't have to trade in what I have now because I'll forfeit what I have for an authentic or a fabricated image of success. I see. I mean, and, and it's not to get philosophical. It's just you can't buy peace. You can't buy peace. It's, it's chaotic as stuff get. If you don't have nothing else, you need your peace. Like, in the world that we live in, you should be able to come home and know that that is your peace. Your place of refuge. Where you don't have to pop open wine or pop open a shot to be like, I need to to relax. You should hit the door and be like, man, I'm going to watch TV and scroll my phone and then go work if I need to. Mm -hmm. Instead of, I'm going to just keep, you know, mentally packing in what's boggling, you know, weighing me down. You know, when yeah. I go home, I'm at peace. Or when I'm at home, I'm at peace. That's- I'll be so good. I don't even want to come out the house, but I got to go to work. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> but, like, I'm because that's my safe haven mm-hmm. and that's my bubble, I'm good. And, you know, I take that where I go. I'm good. I'll be at work peaceful. I got a coworker that curses his wife out a gazillion times. And I'm just like. When you get home. Man. Yeah, and I had told my other coworker, I said, because he's at this point, he's trying to get swollen, work out and all that stuff, and eat clean. And he'd be asking me, because he's like, you're muscular, so what do you do? <laughs> and I told him, but it's like, I thought about it today, I was like, he can, he can do all the right things to put on weight and get healthy, but until he stopped being stressful and being in turmoil, You'll never put on weight. Yeah. And that's just a physical thing, but it, it transitions to mental thing. You can't. I feel like you can't. But enough about me, so if you talk about you. Oh no, I was listening. Uh okay. Um so what are your current goals? I know them, but they don't. And uh you just tell tell me or tell us what you think your purpose is. And how you incorporate your purpose in every day. So, goals and projects. Man, it is so much I want to do in my life. Mm-hmm. It is like, I pray that I can just live to do everything that I aspire to do. Mm-hmm. Well, I, absolutely. It is my calling to be a lawyer. Like, that is what I have been called to do. Mm-hmm. Now, to this day, I don't know which one because I like to help people. You know, yeah. I like, like, I see so many juveniles with like juveniles are like kids 16 and younger with real world problems like there is no way a 16 year old mm-hmm. should be coming to school with ten thousand dollars or and then getting in trouble and it's like they have adult problems it's like it's just so much yes, in the black that's community. Sad. it is so sad when i see a, a mother catching a bus to see her son in court like mm-hmm. like i just want to help the black community help like even when it comes to yeah, violence. Oppressing sh- yeah yeah it's like it's just it's so 
and like even in Harris County, like Harris County is like I think like either the third or fourth largest county in the nation population yeah. wise. So it's like we, yeah, we, we in, yeah we under Dallas because Dallas is one of the largest counties. Mm-hmm. We're under. Yeah, oh. Dallas has a large like county too. Okay, Dallas I'm about to check like, my statistics because I think we're nah, in Florida. No, nah, Harris County is up there, too. Yeah. I know Dallas is Yeah, known, Dallas up there, too. Because I was watching prison shows. <laughs> you know how you be on YouTube watching yeah. stuff and then that prison so show pop up? You be like, man, I don't want to. And then 20 minutes later, you're like, man, that's crazy. That yeah. Yeah. And then that's another, another conversation. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and then it's like, I kind of want to get into like the oil and gas industry because I interned at ExxonMobil and I loved it and I don't know if that was like supposed to lead me in a direction. You did work for ExxonMobil. Yeah. So that was like the best intern ever. I don't know if that's where I want to go. Yeah. You know, I thought about real estate law because my mother, yeah. she's into like the whole, it's just, anyway, it's just, I don't want to go word for word, but it's just so many things I want to do. Mm-hmm. I also want to start a business, you know, so it's like, it would be hard to go to law school and start a business. So it's like, Lord, mm-hmm. I mean, Law school and a business—it's possible. Yeah, it, it's possible, but it's like I want to give my all to either law school mentally. You gotta think it. You gotta think it. Yeah, and then I will limit myself because if I have a business here, I can't go to law school out of state. You know, mm-hmm. per se. So it's like it's some of the things I want to do. But you can make your business online. You know, online business. And yeah, and just ship it wherever you are. Because even then, you know, there it comes with marketing. Now it's like, okay, do I do my homework or do I market? It's just, maybe I'm thinking too much into this because I haven't, you know, done it yet. I'm just thinking like all the negatives, you know, we we have the pros and cons. It'll it'll present itself in its time, though. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm taking some time off right now before I go to law school because I feel like I need that break. You know, so much has happened and I just... And just live off the remnants of all the years you've been working. And plus, I need something good on my resume. So that's why I'm working where I work now. So it Mm -hmm. can make me, you know, a little bit more qualified than the average person. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I got to be up here, not down here. (laughs) Yeah. So, oh, you know, let us know recommendations are everything. But what else? Uh, I thought about being a counselor because I want to mentor to the youth. Mm -hmm. Um, You want to do a lot of helping? Yeah, I want to help a lot of people because, I mean... I uh think about this like when you live for yourself, when you die, nobody gonna remember you. But when you live for other people, you're gonna leave a trademark on other people's lives. Yeah. So it's you like you do plant a seed. Yeah. That, that uh and that's the the um I had a quote that I kinda just was just thinking about. And that's actually the quote on the image for like my profile for this podcast. It says, Plant seeds that will last a lifetime. Mm-hmm. That's my personal belief. I said, like, just like a second, you remember that one impactful teacher. That is so true. That is that's true. And that's a seed that lasts a lifetime. Because now you take that same seed and give it to somebody else, and it germinates into something for them. Yeah. And it becomes life giving. And you need to like follow your calling because like the richest place I realized is the cemetery because so many people die without following their calling. And and it just they didn't use their talents, they didn't use what God gave them or their abilities. So it's no. like you just walk around the grave. It's like dang, like some people no. die. It's so a lot. Dumb. Of, yeah, it's a lot of. And it's like it's a lot of. Imagine yeah. passing away and you didn't do what you was called to do. It's like I don't know if I like because we were all born. Uh, like the Bible said, I knew who you were before. I don't want to yeah. misquote. No, so, that's right. Lord, I knew you were. Me. I knew you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's that's right. Spot on. I knew you before <laughs> you were formed in your mother's womb. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. Right here, man. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> so oh, it's like biblical. It is true. With that being said, it's like I wouldn't feel right if I didn't do it. Cause we may be nervous. We we may be scared. Like dang, I can't do it. We may have doubt. But it's like if God called you to do it, yeah, it, it's for you to do. Yes. So I mean, with that being said. You I know just, my calling you is to You want to move and impact some lives. Yeah. So I think law and trying to... I even thought about being a probation officer because, you know, you see yeah. your person, whoever committed the crime, sit right there. For that reason, I can talk to you and kind of get you on the right path. Like, I don't know. Yeah, what, no, I don't know. That sounds nice. And you're in the right place to do it. Yeah. Um. Last thing. We can walk right into this. I think we've talked about a lot of good, insightful things. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of talking. I try not to. Do. Oh no, I'm listening. I'm listening. Um, but I mean, we talked about a lot of good things, and you know, that's that's the whole point. It's just to let people hear the conversations that we always have. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been having these conversations. Yeah, yeah. For some years, I'm not gonna put you know your age <laughs> out there or my age either. I think I said how old I am. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you believe your purpose is, and how how do you go forth in you know, being in your purpose and doing your purpose every day. Yeah, okay. So, like, I know my purpose is to be a lawyer, but I don't know which one or what kind. Okay. So, I asked the Lord, you know, like, let me tell you, before I got here, I was in the car reading this book this uh, about this African-American girl who went to Harvard, and she didn't think she could make it mm-hmm. into Harvard Law School. So, as I'm reading this book, okay, I'm like, okay, Lord, what is it that you have for me to do? Like, Who are you reading this book? I was reading, school? like, literally in the parking lot of Family Dollar when I was waiting on you to get off. Oh, today? Yeah, today. You're reading it today? I was, I was reading the book in the car, waiting on, you know, you to get done. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... I was cutting hair, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> I don't let her think I was just playing around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so done with you. Okay, so, oh, um, it's like, as I, I, as I was reading that book, I was reflecting, okay, Lord... What do you want me to do? So I feel like me working where I work is kind of leading me to the direction where he wants me to go because the way the job came about in the first place. Mm-hmm. So because I feel like if it weren't for me, the lady wouldn't call back, you know, just circling back around. So I just feel like it's, I don't exactly know what the Lord has for me, but I'm hoping I can find out soon. But I got a feeling I'm in the right direction because everything is like lining out how it's supposed to be, you know. Yeah, steps. it's progressive. Right. Mm-hmm. So hopefully next um, interview that I have, I can tell you what I am doing and where I am in life. But right now you just know your purpose yeah. is to be alive. I'm in the right direction. Yeah, I'm in the right direction to help people. I know right. that for a fact. Yeah, I'm in the right direction. Yeah, and I mean, purpose being purposeful is a form of servitude because mm-hmm. we're. I think we all. I believe everybody is meant to help somebody, or be helpful in some way, and you know that aligns with. A lot of other things, so yeah, and people always think that like lawyers are out to get people, and oh, you're a lawyer, I don't want to talk to you. And it's like because the crooked lawyers have become the face or the the statistic Mm -hmm. or the lawyers. I have a cousin, she's a lawyer, and she's you know, she's a wonderful person, right? And she really is set out to help people. I know another friend of mine, Morgan, the Morgan Rogers, shout out to her, she's on episode 12. Um, <laughs> Not that you remember that episode. <laughs> I think it was twelve, but anyway, shout out to her. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. She um. Like even police officers, all oh, they're bad people. Police. Because it's one. It's just one. 
I tell my young brother that all the time. I said, you just need to do one thing and people will remember that one thing. Mm-hmm. And you can do a billion right things. Exactly. Because people take negative and they run with it. Oh, they do? Absolutely. Do. People remember Mike Tyson for... Fighting that dude ear off. Was it Holyfield, I think? I or? think so, but they don't remember him for all the hundred knockouts he had. Mm-hmm. That is so true. Cause yeah. It's just one bad thing. Man. I mean, you can think about basketball players. Ray Rice. Ray Rice, the guy that beat up his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. It's like negative He's news. He's known for beating up his girlfriend. It's, Nobody it's else crazy. knows him for anything else. Because negative know? news travels faster than positive news. Yeah, well, people yeah. feed off of negativity. They do. Like publicity stunts. If it's mm-hmm. negative, it's going to get attention. Absolutely. So I don't want people to have like that connotation that yeah. lawyers are all bad people because they're not. They're not. No. So Doctors too, you know, in the mm-hmm. black community, going to see about the welfare of your health is a bad thing. Like, but this man that went to school for half of his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. My granny be doing that. And I'd be like, Granny, you can't tell the doctor he's wrong. <laughs> like, that's his job. Right. Yeah, it is a fearful thing. Admit that. But he ain't telling you wrong. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, we, it's backwards. But, um, thank you. I appreciate you coming. This was fun. Thank you. I'm I know have I have to bring you back on. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, have to be more no, you know. persistent, and cause like yeah, yeah, this is the stuff she be telling me. Yeah, cause know, it's about I mean. the time I come, cause I know I've been delaying day for day for day, and I'm finally. No, no, man. Uh, life doesn't stop, like you said. Like mm-hmm. I said, I'm just always honored to bring people on and let them hear, and see the things that you know, I I share with people, or people share with me. I'm just trying to all bring it to one space so mm-hmm. people can be like, you know what? I ain't the only one out there because we feel like we're the only ones out there and we live in, you know, the third largest city in yeah. the nation. That's crazy. We feel alone and we're amongst a lot of people. Exactly. That Man, that is so true. Yeah, yeah. But, um... So, I just want to say... Yeah, oh, you give me shout-out. Okay, well, you know, shout-out to the say, most high. No, no say, uh, say what you was going to say. Okay, we'll go back we, to that. We're uh, wrapping up. It's, uh, it's I just cool. want to say, you know, follow your calling, whatever that may be. If you don't yes. know what it is, at least seek God. Not at least. Please seek God, you know. And it may not be what you want to do, but if it's for you, it is for you. Just go for it. Okay. But yeah, also shout out to the most high, yeah. you know, and I need to stop saying you know. No, but yeah, go ahead. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, thank you once again. Thank you all. Remember to rate and subscribe. This episode will be up in a timely manner. I do have some more episodes to drop. Listen, I need feedback. If you guys are enjoying this, please let me know. This is the only way. I'll keep putting out con no, I'll keep putting out episodes whether people listen or not. It don't matter. <laughs> um, I'm just that I'm just that, you know, confident. Oh, so before we end this, I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah, no, you But good. um this T V show, a talk show. Yeah, this is podcast. Podcast. Okay. Is this a part of your calling or is this something you just wanted to do? Um, this was something I wanted to do, but I'm starting to see some, some, you know, early signs of it, like what I shared with you earlier about what's coming up. I think this is another way because, mm-hmm. um, 
I'm a firm believer in that being sensible is way more captive, way more easy to accept than being just super doctrine, you know, super deep in doctrine. Mm-hmm. If I'm able just to be, if I can relate with you, I can draw you in more than just saying, well, this is what it says and you got to believe it. Right. Okay. If I can give you a, a memorable salad, then you'd be like, you know what? Salads actually are good. But if I just give you a nice plain iceberg lettuce salad with mm-hmm. salt and pepper, like the old people used to do for dressing, <laughs> yeah. you'd be like, I don't want this crunchy mm-hmm. old salad. But I, if I dress it up with good things, not just dress it up to make it flashy. Mm-hmm. If I dress it up with good, helpful things and it's impressionable. It's sustenance. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So right. that's that. And I think it's just, you know, working out the way it's supposed to work out. Mm-hmm. I've been going this strong, this yeah. long. I wish so. you nothing but the best. Yeah, I mean. Prosperity, I, all 2019. Yeah, I mean, I'm well off, girl. I'm mm-hmm. good, man. Yeah, it's what, uh, February? So, yeah. It's February. Um, it's just, just to present something relatable to people. Yeah. Not saying I need a million dollars to do it. And I feel like so many people can identify with you because, like, <laughs> how can I say this? I don't know. You're very well-rounded, put it that way. <laughs> no. So I feel like people can identify with you. I be easy. feeling like I just got here. Really? No, it's easy to talk to you, so. And okay. for that reason, I think it's easy for people to feel but, comfortable. But see, I, I honestly feel like I have a hard time talking to people. Really? Oh, no. I'm always thinking, don't say nothing stupid. <laughs> Don't stutter. Don't slur no words. You know your wife is listening. Don't be yeah. talking them big words. Yeah. Don't nobody <laughs> saying the wrong synonyms and meanings. Uh-huh. I be saying that to myself, but I, I, that's nice to know because I really be like, man, I, I just. That's why I be like, I don't want to talk. Yeah. So I'm gonna mess up. But yeah, um, I appreciate it. Remember, guys, rate and subscribe. Follow me on Instagram at All Naps M Podcast. You can follow my personal Instagram account. It's on there. Uh, yeah, rate and subscribe. Let me know, guys. Uh, hit me back if you if you want to be featured on the show. You can reach me on my edit in the DM or email me at allnapsmatter at gmail But thanks once again. Be blessed.